Pedo, pedo, pedo. That four-letter word has everybody excited, especially if you match into the residency program. Stay tuned as we talk to a D4 student who just mastered her top pedo program, and she's going to tell us how. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Dr. Darwin, the new dentist coach, with another episode of Ask Dr. Darwin on the new dentist podcast show where we talk about getting into dental school, surviving dental school, getting into residency, and then life as a new dentist. Guys, be sure that you are continuing to share, comment, and then also um, uh, putting into the uh, comments things that you want to see different or want to hear more about. That's helpful, giving us some fee feedback. Uh, but also know that today's episode of Ask Dr. Darwin is being brought to you by GetIntoDentalResidency.com. That's right, GetIntoDentalResidency.com. Right down here, the ultimate resource for you to help you get into the residency of your choice this application cycle. For more details, go check it out down below. And uh, we hope to uh, be able to help you real soon with your residency and your goals, okay? So today, today, special guest, another pedo match. Another pedo met pedo ortho, ortho pedo, ortho pedo, pedo ortho. It's been back and forth. These are the two top uh, residency program discipline specialty programs that a lot of people are having some success uh, getting into. And today is is no uh, no different. So today we're joined with student Dr. Maya McFraser. How you doing? Doing great. How are you doing? Not as good as you. You just matched in pedo and. I'm and uh, you know, not everyone can can say they matched first time, first cycle. Um, so, uh, so please introduce yourself. Let us uh, let the people know who are meeting you for the first time who you are and a little bit about you as well. So, my name is Maya. I am from Frankfort, Kentucky, and I went to college at the University of Louisville. I did a one-year master's program at Louisville, and then decided to stay for four more years, and I'm a D4 now at the University of Louisville School of Dentistry. Cool, cool. Louisville, Dr. Babbage. Yes, Dr. Babbage. It's actually, in a couple of days, it's Dr. Babbage Day, so we're getting ready to celebrate. Ah, ah. yeah, well, it makes sense. She's been there uh, for, for years and really been contributing a lot and assisting uh, and the and the development of all the new dentists coming out of Kentucky. For sure, I yeah. would not where I am today if it wasn't for her. So definitely. absolutely, absolutely. So tell us a little bit about why pedo. Why did you decide pedo as a discipline within dentistry instead of ortho, instead of oral surgery, instead of endo, instead of pros superior? Why why pedo for you? So I actually had like a pretty good foundation with working with kids um, before I was in dental school or really when I was in high school, I used to be a swim coach or not a swim coach, but I used to teach swim lessons with kids. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to uh, referee for youth soccer games and I used to work at my local YMCA. So I had like a good foundation with kids, but still it wasn't really on my radar when, when I was in dental school. Um, I didn't think I was going to specialize at all. I thought I was going to go um, finish dental school, be a general dentist. But it was around like my third year when I actually started to treat kids where that kind of shifted for me. I really just loved like 
the interaction that I had with kids. I love that if they came in fearful or crying, like at the end of the appointment, like if we were able to get that procedure done or if they left with like a smile on their face, like that just gave me so much joy that I honestly surprised myself with. And so um, I actually talked to Dr. Babbage and I was like, I think I really like pedo. And she was like, okay, like go shadow this person. And so I did, I kept shadowing her and I just fell in love with it. And I was like, okay, we'll give it a shot and apply, so. Yeah, well you gave it a good shadow, right? Uh, <laughs> got a, uh, a great uh, success rate here. Uh, and part of that success is you know, pre preparing the application and, and uh, doing it early and, and getting all the part, uh, all the components together. Share with us a little bit about how you, how you prepared for the application when you started and what were some key milestones uh, in getting the past application ready to be submitted for you. Right. So like I said, I was kind of like last minute with deciding um, that I was going to apply to PETO. I didn't really decide that I was actually going to go for it until like May-ish because I was like, well, should I just like, you know, wait a year, work and like build up, do more stuff or should I just like give it a shot? And after just like talking to different people, they're like, you know, just go for it. And so I kind of had like a short window to get everything ready but the first thing that I worked on was my resume, just like going back and making sure I had everything that I was involved with on my resume. Um, I made sure I highlighted things that like I had done, like even prior to dental school, like I said, I, I work with kids with, at the, my YMCA, you know, teaching swim lessons, like, you know, working with soccer, all those things. I wanted to make sure I put on my resume because that does show that I have worked with kids outside of dentistry. Um, and then after that, my personal statement was something that was really big for me, something that I had to work a lot on with, with a short window. So I made sure to send it to, you know, my family, my friends. Um, I had like, like a professional editor, like look over it and just, you know, make sure I didn't have any like grammatical errors, make sure everything flowed correctly. Um, and that kind of like ran into, you know, once I got interviews as well, like I made sure like I practiced with friends, family, whoever I could get advice from. Yeah, that part of the application, um, in addition to submitting it, but getting ready for the next step, which is the interview, is so important to uh, to prepare and to role play and actually do mock interviews. Uh, and that's one of the things that uh, that we have in the program, gettingintodentalresidency.com. You guys can check it out right up here. You check that out. And, and that's one of the services of doing mock interviews and knowing what the questions are. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, now because um, every program is different. Every program, PETO program that you're gonna be applying to may have a different mission, a different purpose. Uh, they may serve various, uh, various types of populations, have different demographics. So it's really important to kind of do your research and figure out you know, what programs are gonna be the best fit for you. So share with us, how you did that? How, how did you go about um, uh, listing programs, reviewing programs, and coming up with your list that you were going to apply to, and why? Why you applied to those uh, those programs as well? Yeah. So something big for me was that I knew I didn't want to go too far from home, if if possible. So I tried to apply to schools that were like in my region or close to Kentucky. Um, 
also it was really hard because we we're still in COVID times. So a lot of stuff is, is virtual and it was, it's hard to get to know programs. And I think, I don't know if this was how it was before, but this year they, some programs had like virtual externships or virtual um, like meet and greets with the residents and program directors. And that was a way, a good way, honestly, to kind of like see like, okay, should I apply to the school? Um, did I get like a good vibe from the residents? Like, um, and that honestly, like there's a couple that I was like, eh, I don't think I actually like will apply here. And then there were some where I was like, okay, like, I'm definitely interested, I'm gonna apply. So that's something that was really helpful um, to do those virtual ex externships or I actually did one in person. Like I was kind of lucky that I did it in like a time period where like COVID wasn't too bad. It was kind of before it spiked again. So I was able to um, go in person which it was like 20 minutes from where I live. So it wasn't like a big deal to like get there. Um, but that also really helped just being able to like meet the residents, the program directors in person, and then kind of have them have like a face to my name. So, yeah, I know that's very popular. At least it has been in the past um, to have some type of like externship, internship where you can go for a couple of days just to visit the program. And you're right, um, especially, especially now that pedo is right up there as, as far as the level of competition and the number of applicants that are applying up there with ortho and oral surgery you know you have to do something different right. to stand out and having that face-to-face -face, uh that facetime in person is uh is usually uh something that will help you kind of set yourself apart from other candidates but also really strengthen your candidacy uh as well uh, because, you know, the next step is your interviews and you want, in addition to wanting to stand out before the interview so that you can get an interview, <laughs> uh, then it comes, all right, it's interview day and I've got to get prepared. So let's talk a little bit about um, the number of inter interviews that you received and what you, you know, what a typical interview day was like and or if you had some um, uh, something that kind of stood out as far as your interview. I know sometimes some programs are now asking, you know, some scenario-based questions. What do you do if questions uh, that have become a little bit, a lot more popular now. So share a little bit about, you know, your interviews, how many interviews you had and what kind of stood out for you. Yeah, so I applied to eight pedo programs and I had three interviews. Um, and at those interviews, they were all virtual. So I was literally like in my room like I am now, um, which was nice because I was really comfortable. Um, and then each, so for two of my interviews, the night before we had like a virtual like meet and greet with the residents, which I love because you kind of got to get to know the residents on like a more casual level. And it just made the interview day a lot less stressful because it kind of prepared you. And you kind of like got to know them already and got to know the program a little bit more. So it just kind of like made the day a lot easier. Um, I would say, honestly, I didn't get like too many like crazy questions. Um, I definitely had like, you know, the the most common ones, like, tell me about yourself, why pedo? Um, you know, I made sure I practiced like the strengths and weaknesses question. 
Um, but with Pito, I, you know, I did get like the, what are your favorite like Disney characters or, you know, what's your um, spirit animal, stuff like that. Um, but I was kind of like prepared for that because I had talked to um, people who had interviewed before. Or, um, so I didn't honestly get too many off the wall questions. And if they, if I did get them, it was from residents. Like I never got it from any faculty. Like the faculty that I interacted with, it was very just like, just getting to know me. Um, and it was just having like a conversation, honestly. It wasn't too intimidating in, in my- Yeah, that's point. good. So it sounded like your interviews went well, very smooth, laid back, probably fun when you got a chance to talk a little bit more about uh, your favorite Disney characters. I know we've had uh, some people on the episode share that they had to do a, uh, a Disney dance and they had to uh, sing a song and, and oh, yeah, yeah. you know all the all the fun <laughs> stuff that we I would have been down to do it but no <laughs> put on the spot like that so <laughs> <laughs> lucky you lucky you yeah, lucky me I didn't prepare for that so yeah <laughs> yeah down. well the next thing you know after you prepare and and you prepare for your via mock interviews you go to the interviews you now have to go home and you have to think about these three programs, right? Mm -hmm. And lots of times what happens is that you're one, two, and three after the interviews, your three could be a two, the two could be a three, the one could stay a one, or the one could come a three and the three becomes a one. Yeah. It just really, you know, it depends on the vibe, like you were saying. Sure. Uh, so, you know, and then you have to kind of rank your programs, especially if they're match programs. So share with us a little bit about how, how you went through that process, uh, keeping in mind that I know one of the, one of the uh, reasons that, well, one of the guidelines that you used to select your programs was something close to, close to home, close to the region, uh, right. not too far away, so location, uh, but also kind of keeping in mind that you have location, but what are some of the other factors that you saw either before interviewing or after interviewing that assisted you in making your list, your final list of, of where you wanted to go, one, two, and three? So with the three interviews that I had, um, luckily they were all you know, close to home. Like two of them were in Kentucky. So my like home school and then the other school, which is actually closer to like where I grew up. So those were, you know, already like, really close to home, things that I was looking for. The other one um, was at Indiana, which is only a couple hours from home. So all three of the places that I interviewed at, they all checked that box in terms of uh, proximity. Um, and then they all were really good in terms of, they all have great clinical experience. Um, the only thing really that differed and that honestly ended up being like a big um, factor for me was that uh, one of the schools was kind of like 50-50 with like clinical experience and like academics where the other two were just straight clinical experience. I kind of wanted a mixture of both. Um, just talking to some of the residents at the programs that were mostly focused on clinical experience, like when I asked them like, okay, like what were some things that you wish, your, you know, could be better at your program? like when it came to like studying for boards and stuff like they had to do a lot of that stuff on their own 
because, you know, when they were, um, you know, at school or in the clinic, like it was just seeing patients. It, they mm -hmm. weren't much didactic experience. And I kind of, for myself, I know how I am. Like I just thrive better when, when there's a didactic component to it. So that honestly was what was the deciding factor for me. It was I wanted to go to a program that was like 50-50 where I knew I was going to have like a good solid foundation didactically and as well get a lot of good clinical experience. Yeah, and both of them are important, uh, especially depending on what you plan on doing after residency. You want to be prepared to just be able to deliver care anywhere, yeah. right? Uh, but also there's a component of the didactic component related to board preparation, right? Uh, and especially if you have aspirations to teach or to be a program director in the, in the, in the future, you uh, want to make sure that you get that board certification uh, preparation and, and, and achieve that status pretty early on. So all those kind of go into um, determining what program is going to be the best fit for you, you know? Um, so that's uh, what it came down to. It's like, I, I went with what I thought would be best for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you have to do because um, it's a what two year program or three. Yeah. Two year program. So, I mean, 720 days. I mean, it's all you, you have to be, you're in the trenches by yeah. yourself doing it for yourself. Um, and I also think like if I had worked for a year, like I probably would have had a different perspective and I probably would have been more comfortable just going, you know, straight into a program that was just clinic, clinical experience heavy. But since, you know, I am still a fourth year dental student, we have had been affected by COVID. Like I wanted to go to a program where I was going to get that foundation that, yeah. I needed, that I needed. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And, uh, now we're trying to make sense of those three programs. Mm. Mm. One, two, and three. So let's just find out, guys. You guys are listening, watching. Let's just let's just find out. So, all right. So where are you going to be taking your talents to? Drum roll, please. Drum roll. So I'm going to be going to Indiana University. Yay, Indiana! Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, good, good friend and colleague is there, board certified pediatric dentist, Dr. Tawana Ware. You know, that did you meet Dr. Ware? I haven't, but I, I've heard, I've heard, but I haven't, I haven't met, I haven't met her yet. That's great, that's great. Well, congratulations, Thank you. Indi Indianapolis, right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Indianapolis, yeah. Indianapolis, Indianapolis yeah. good, 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 okay. Well, that's good. Well, what also is going to be good is hearing from you about advice and tips. Again, pedo and ortho, I'm telling you, I, I get so many questions, get so many uh, direct messages, emails about preparing for pedo and ortho. So knowing what you know now and, and the process that you went through, what, what are like at least three or four tips that you want to give or share with applicants who are preparing and making that transition to prepare for <laughs> their applications for, for pedo residency? Yeah, I would say um, definitely because it is, like you said, it's so competitive. There's so many people, it's becoming, you know, really popular. 
Um, so I think something that's really important is to uh, find ways where you can like make yourself stand out in, in a crowd because like you said, there's levels to it. The first thing is like making your application pop so you can get an interview. And then once you get an interview, you gotta make sure that they remember you um, so that when it comes time to ranking, like they're, you're one of their people that they rank. Um, now, 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 what would you think based on that? What do you think helped you stand out? I would say um, definitely the fact that I did the virtual externship and the externship in person, um, because I know not too many people were able to actually go visit in person. So with that school, like when it came to that interview, like the residents like already knew who I was. Like we already yeah. had like a, like a relationship established um, and I was able to build on that throughout the semester, you know, leading up to the interview. Um, mm -hmm. and so that was something that I felt like really helped me with that program. Good, good. Um, All right. So that's one tip. Uh, find ways to stand out. What else? What else? Um, I would say also to reach out to current residents that are in the programs that you're interested in because one, they're gonna be able to give you like a fresh perspective because they're in the program currently. Um, and then two, residents also have like a big, um, like their opinion is, is weighted pretty heavily when it comes to ranking you as an applicant. Like, I feel like that's yeah. something that wasn't really, I didn't really know until I was like going through the process where they're like, oh yeah, like residents, you know, also will like rank who they want there too. And yeah. so I, if you can build a relationship with them and uh, just kind of, you know, pick their brain on what they like about their program, what could be better, like that's yeah. just a way that you can stand out. And usually the best time, you know, once you get to the, through the application phase and get an interview is at the meet and greet the night before, or the day before, or the evening after your, uh, or the, the evening after your interviews, uh, you should be asking those residents questions uh, because they're going to be your colleagues. You're going to be learning from them and they're going to be learning from you during the two years that you're there. So hashtag residents matter, <laughs> especially the ones at the programs where you're applying to. They, they, they have a voice uh, as well. They definitely have a voice. All right. So that's, uh, that's two. That's too, what, what, what's, the, what's the last tip you want to share with applicants? I would say definitely um, prepare early if possible. I know in my mm. scenario, I didn't know that I wanted to go into pediatrics. So I would kind of, I was at a fault there. But um, if you do know it's what you want to do, um, prepare early, like know who you want to have to write your letter of recommendation. Like some schools, um, they want you to have a letter of recommendation from like a faculty member in at your school in the pediatric. That's right. And like at the time, like I didn't really have like a, like a strong relationship with any of the faculty. Like I had shadowed here and there, but not enough to where I felt comfortable asking for a letter of recommendation. So um, that's something definitely that looking back on now, I, if I knew that pediatrics is what I wanted to go into, I would have made a greater effort on, you know, 
having a good relationship with the faculty at my school, and then as well, just preparing on knowing who I want to ask for letter recommendations, um, starting to write your uh, personal statement early because I edit it and revise my personal statement so many times. Um, and I was working with the short window, like I said. So if I would have started like in December, January, like it would have been done in less stress for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stress matters too, right? <laughs> so if you start early, you'll have a little bit less stress uh, sure. and, and going through the process because the process is already stressful, especially when it comes to interviews, if you have to travel and coordinate the travel and stay overnight. And, exactly. uh, and then you got your rank list. You're trying to figure out what's the match. Uh, uh, um, you know, how, how is that all put together and what do I do? it's it's just it's a lot it <laughs> it's a lot and then it's 24 hours before a match you're like ah you know are they gonna call they're gonna email where am i going i need to know uh, right i'm so uh, glad we're past i'm past that yeah, yeah. that was that was nerve-wracking but also yeah. i would say too um for people who like who are maybe like me who kind of were like oh i'm just gonna do general dentistry like keep an open mind because mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was honestly that our if you told me I would be going into pediatric dentistry when I was a D1, I would have been like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. definitely just keep your options open and just stay ready so you don't have to get ready. That's my yeah. And, and, and your experience is proof that you don't have to know your D1 year. You don't have to know your D2 year uh, mm -hmm. that you want to specialize. If you already know, that's great. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world, right? You didn't know until your D3 year was like, oh my God, I'm liking this pedo thing. I, yo, I'm going to apply. And that's, <laughs> and that's fine. You know, it happens. Uh, it, it happens the way it's supposed to happen uh, for people. Uh, and all of that's going to be different. Exactly. For everybody, it's going to be different. Well, your, your, your information today definitely is going to make a difference uh for for people who are applying to pedo and if and if people have questions and they want to contact you ask ask you some more questions what's the best way to get in contact with you um so i'm on social media so facebook maya mcfraser instagram at maya mcfraser very very simple with my names um or you have my email that you can put on the podcast or youtube and i'll respond to Good. any of those so Sounds cool. Now, uh, give me uh, Instagram again. What'd you say? At Maya McFraser. So At just Maya McFraser. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, soon to be Dr. Maya yeah. McFraser. Uh, what's the countdown? What's the countdown? How many days? I think we have 85 days. Mm -hmm. I think we have 86 days. Wait till it's under 30. You're, you'll know the, the days the hours and the minutes oh yeah. there's a lot that's got to happen before this. yes yes but we we appreciate you taking the time taking today and the uh the, the minutes today to kind of go over and and uh we are proud of you so so glad to hear that you've been successful in matching in torpedo and uh your story has, has been helpful hopefully you guys hopefully these videos are here are helpful as well and that's our time for today love peace and Thank smiles you.
We'll see you <laughs> next week. Next video. Next week. Next week. Thank you. Hey, I hope you guys like that episode. There's more, more to listen to and more to learn from. Make sure you subscribe and tune in at the next, next episode. Peace.